This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to the Capness HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Capness. Our guest today is Dr. Sandy Fiaschetti. Sandy, are you ready to be great today? I am. Sandy brings over 20 years of HR experience as a thought leader and internal and external consultant to many mid, small, and Fortune 100 companies in a role as co-founder of Magnet Consulting. Throughout her career, Sandy's experience has been focused on people-related systems, including organizational culture and effectiveness, talent assessment and acquisition, talent management, and executive coaching. She is particularly passionate about the importance of integrating people initiatives into strategic business plans. She emphasizes how culture, leadership style, and choosing the right person for a role can greatly improve workplace results. In addition to her professional activities, Sandy is active with various foundations throughout Guatemala, which provide orphan relief and help women start business. She is currently Board of Education President for Rochester Community Schools, and she lives her life trying to see humor in every situation and finding ways to force song lyrics in those situations. Sandy earned her BA in psychology from the University of Michigan Dearborn and an MA and PhD in industrial organizational psychology from Wayne State University. She is a past president of the Michigan Association of Industrial Organizational Psychologists and a member of the American Psychological Association and the Society of Industrial Organizational Psychologists. That's a lot, Sandy. You have a lot going on. <laughs> a little bit. First, before we turn it to you, tell me how you got interested in helping in Guatemala. I think that's an interesting thing right there. How did that start? Well, that started because um, my husband and I adopted two daughters from Guatemala. So uh, once you have a family that makes it so that you can see what's going on in these places, then, you know, that's what happens, right? It becomes personal for you. And as a business owner, going and helping women business owners in Guatemala kind of breaks the cycle so that, you know, you're not really just taking care of kids who need care, but take care of the families so they can support their own kids. Yes. So how long have y'all been involved down there? Um, well, we adopted our daughters in 2006. So I would say ever since around then, the awareness has yeah. been there. So That's, that's great. Yeah. So Sandy, what, I'm going to turn over to you. Do you have a lot going on? What do you like to focus on? Or what do you want to talk about? Um, well, I'll, I'd be happy to talk to you about the things we have going on at Magnet yeah. right now. Let me just tell you a little bit about a magnet consulting because I know a lot of people know what HR is, right? But they don't necessarily know what um, organizational psychology is. And so our firm has a foundation of organizational psychology. I mean, you heard in the long bio that you read, right, that I have a PhD in that. But uh, so what we do basically is look at human behavior in the workplace. And so we help organizations with organizational culture. We help them with leadership development and team development, and we help them with um, employee assessment and selection. So how do you find your customers? Do you have like a marketing plan you go out and find customers? Are they, they, to be honest, do you use a word of mouth? What's your method for doing that? In different ways, right? Um, Our initial clients were people that, um, you know, you get to know, right? So my background is I've worked in automotive. I've worked in larger consulting firms. And so you build up this network. We are Southeast Michigan based. So there's a lot of automotive around us. Um, And so that's those were our first clients five and a half years ago. We do community events and, you know, things like this, right? To get to know different yes. people. 
So when a, a company reaches out to work with you, and I'm sure you can tell that they're not really on board, how do you convince them to do things your way, so to speak? You know? <laughs> That's kind Everybody says they want to change, but most people don't want to change. It's kind of funny. So one thing that uh, we say, and when I say we, um, my business partner, Nicole Lentz, and I founded Magnet together. But one thing we say is we will work with any company of any size in any vertical, so long as they already get that people matter and that it matters not just for the people's sake, but for the bottom line of the business. If we have to evangelize that to you and you don't believe that, then you're probably not actually the right company for us to work with, um, which maybe is a provocative thing to say, but there are a lot of leaders who say, I know this matters, but I don't know what to do about it. And we'd be happier working with those folks than trying to convince people that people matter. So how often do you work with a company? Well, let me backtrack. How often do you have to disqualify a company from working with you? I'm sure that happens more often than you would like. We have only disqualified two companies, actually. One uh, wanted us, do you want to, well, I should ask, do you want to know kind of the story or? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, don't yes. the company, of course. But. No, of course. But one was an, a startup millennial company and they wanted experts, they said, uh, to create a survey for them, but they wanted it to be... Um, like five questions. Um, the whole the intro meeting was a horrible meeting. Just a lot of weird things happening. But bottom line was the guy who wanted to meet with us didn't have time to meet with us, and just a lot of signals, right, that they didn't really want to do this. And when it came down to it, what he wanted to do was have an expert put a stamp on an extraordinarily simplistic thing that wasn't going to give him good data, but he could say that an expert created it. So that was one where we were like, I'm not really interested in touching that one. And another one was a meeting where a leader, this is kind of crazy, but a leader said, I need your help in assessing and selecting employees. And I find that the best pool of candidates for the sales role I'm looking for is women who are like 23 to 27 who uh, don't have a lot of education and had trouble with their mothers and they just feel like they desperately want and need this job and they stay. And I actually think he called them girls, not women. And it, somewhere in there we were like, we got to get out of here. This is not for us. <laughs> I don't have nothing to say to that. It's like, right? <laughs> it's like thank you for your time and just walk away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you, are you just focused on missing business or you do business elsewhere? No, we, we'll, we'll do business anywhere because a lot of what we do, like executive coaching and that kind of thing, is something that we can do like this, right? We can Skype, we can um, talk over the phone. We have clients in Boulder, we have clients in Austin, Phoenix, Denver. Um, we have a client who's Michigan-based who we've done a lot of work with their European operations on. So it really doesn't matter where you are. You know, we'll, we'll either go to you or we'll do something like this. So HR is such a big, expansive thing of knowledge. I'm sure the times people come to you, hey, I want you to do my payroll for me. I'll do this for you, stuff you don't do. How do you explain to them about, no, I actually do this, but I can recommend somebody to do that for you? Yeah. Well, we uh, put that actually right on our website. Even so, mostly they don't ask us to do payroll, but a lot of times we'll get, hey, so you say you do employee assessment and selection. Can you recruit? Can you find people for me? Because mm -hmm. it's just a little bit up the pipeline. And we tell people, if we're not great at it and we don't love to do it, we won't do it, but we'll point you to someone who can. So we do create you know, partnerships, whether they're official partnerships or loose partnerships with people who are very good in the other parts of HR because we just don't want to go into something you know, that we're not good at. Yeah, sometimes people, I don't think people realize how expensive HR is. I mean, there's this companies mm -hmm. that do employee engagement, just do payroll, just do certain yeah. things. Yeah. 
So it's really expensive. So Sand Index talks about a time you were successful, what you learned from the success and what we can learn. This may sound a little arrogant, but I think starting our business, like deciding to start our business um, and spending five and a half years building it and growing it is probably the biggest success I could describe really. Uh, Because I think the reason it sticks out for me is I was never a person who thought I would own or run my own business. And it really was like, okay, circumstances are such that we should try this and let's do it. And I don't know that I could have done it on my own. I think having a partner was absolutely critical for me. I'm too much into affiliation to be kind of out there on my own all by myself. But um, I think that's probably the biggest success. It's been five and a half years of growth and we don't look back. So tell our listeners, what was the best part of of starting to own your business? What's been the worst part of starting and owning your business? I think the best part is what we already talked about. The fact that you can disqualify people. You can say when it's yours, I choose not to work with this kind of a company. And working for large consulting firms, you know, you work on what you get deployed in. So if you didn't think it was going to make a big impact, but it was just a way, you know, to sort of get a project, you would have to do it. And we don't have to do that now. I know, uh, of course, startups are in the news right now. And they always talk about, you know, the, the great part, you know, the the unicorns, the billion dollar investments, all this great stuff. They don't talk about, you know, when you start out, you got to, you know, walk at one, two in the morning, you, you know, got to convince people to work for, for free. Others don't talk about that. There have been a handful of working at two, three o'clock in the morning nights. But I have to say, when Nicole and I started Magnet, we were, we had come from a startup automotive. So let me just say that. Um, and we had been inside there and we were kind of burned out. And so we were intentional about when we start this new thing, we aren't going to let it get out of control crazy like that. Um, now there have been some, like we worked with a large city on a huge selection project. And there were those two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning kinds of night, but we try to manage those. The other thing is, you know, we get teams matter. So we have staffed to grow with that kind of stuff, but there hasn't been too much of that heartache that you're talking about. That's good. Next, talk about a time that you failed in the past, what you learned and what we can learn from this. I I think that word failure is a strong word. I, I even struggle with the question, right? Like what is really an abject failure. To me, like, have I made bad decisions? Have I done things that I wish I could have done differently? Yeah, but I don't think they've been failures. I think they've been a way to pivot or to learn something new. But if I sit and reflect on it, I think about there have been a couple of times in executive coaching where we haven't gotten the results that we would have liked to have gotten, or I haven't gotten the results I would have liked to have gotten. And I usually am pretty effective with a leader and helping them create behavior change. But I can think of one where it was like, this isn't sticking. I don't know if it's something about me and him together. I like to think, and I'm pretty sure it was his resistance to change and not really wanting to accept you know, the new role and that kind of thing. But I had to go to his leader and say, I don't think you should waste any more money. I don't think you should pay me to coach him anymore. I don't think he's interested in it. And I don't want to just take your money, basically. And that felt a little bit like a failure because I like to feel like I can inspire change in everyone. But some people, you just can't. I'm sure that was hard for you to do too, wasn't it? On one hand, yes, because it's sort of the admitting the defeat. But on the other hand, it absolutely was easy to do because 
I could not stand the thought of a large company not really, you know, you know how it goes, right? Like the leader isn't paying close attention. Um, I could see them just continuing to shell out money and say, oh, he needs a couple more sessions. And it's like, I, I couldn't. Like, no, he needs like a like thousand that. more sessions. Yeah, exactly. There's no amount of sessions. So you already talked about this a little bit, but expand a little bit more about how you're, you and Magnet uh, add value and help to solve problems for your customers. I think, and maybe a little twist on it, like how do we add value differently maybe than other consultants do. We have worked in business before in HR or in operations. And we have the science of what's people management and human behavior like. So when we put those together, we can affect a difference in a business because we tend to have a practical approach. I know people who are much smarter than me in the field of organizational psychology, but who don't have the real world work experience who will say things like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, survey 300 of your people with a hundred item questionnaire. And it's like, I know business doesn't necessarily have time for that all the time. And so there's a practicality to what we do. We try not to make things long term, we try to go in and have quick results right away and then talk about, you know, what else needs to be done versus creating these gigantic petri dish experiments, if you will. Yes. So next, talk about I'm sure you get a lot of requests from businesses to do various things. What's been most of the most off wall item somebody's asked you to do for their business? What's the most what? I'm sorry. Off the wall item. Off the wall. Something um, that you don't hear every day. We um, had a marketing division of a company who said they wanted us to do um, executive coaching and sort of more in our wheelhouse. And when we got in for the meeting with the head of the organization, she said, hey, I'm doing an offsite of 100 people. I'm doing it next week on April 1st. Could you help me facilitate that first? And then we can do the rest of it. And I was like, is that a April Fool's joke? Like, but it was down to I kind of, I want to, you know, how marketing people, right? They're creative. She's like, I we're going to need a photo booth. Could you find me a photo booth? And, you know, it was all these sort of like event planning things that we don't really do. But that was one case where it was like, we can figure this out. I'm not going to say, no, we can't do it. And we did this session a week later with them. Now we still did what we do, right? We did team building and all that, but we did have to tack on the ancillary stuff of finding her that photo booth and those boas that she wanted people to wear. And we did it in a week, which was a little bit crazy. It is crazy. Now for, for your team building events, what, what, what are some of the common team building events that you do for different companies? And second question, how do they push back and say, we're not going to do this or this ain't going to work for us? One thing we've been doing as of January of this year is, are you familiar with the idea of an escape room? Yes. Okay. So people do them for fun, right? And that's, we did them for fun. Quickly though, you realize when you're in them for fun, that there's a lot of human behavior that's going on in there. And if the people, if the college kid running it, who's just sitting there running it, doesn't, isn't trained, doesn't know what to do, they're missing a lot, right? So that's when Nicole and I decided, you know what, we're going to have this as an offering for teams. So we have a developmental space called the Metal Foundry. And in the Metal Foundry, teams come in and they go through basically an escape room. We don't lock them in. Uh, we figured executives might be a little... Uh, unnerved by that. But they basically have an hour to save the world by solving all these puzzles while a couple of our folks are in there watching them. And so they're capturing what are the team dynamics going on? You know, what's the team good at? And also individually. Um, we do an hour debrief at the 
And, but not just saying, what did we see? We always say, and how does this relate to your business? When Joe kept stepping in and taking Jim's stuff, does that happen in the workplace? And then we can have a real conversation about the workplace. Yes. Then the individuals get like a one pager. So they get individual feedback too. So that's, that's been our main offering for team building, so to speak right now. And then we tend to do, so that's unique, I guess, to us this year. But usually we're not doing trust walk, trust fall, team building for the sake of team building. We're always about how can we help facilitate this group to get you a result so it's not just a fun thing. Sandy, next talk about someone who has helped you in the past and how they helped you. I'm going to say there's a, there's a woman who owns another consulting firm in the exact, not exact, but in a very similar space to us here in town. And when we were first starting, we had known her, you know, through professional organizations or whatnot. And we asked if she would be willing to meet with us. And she was so generous with her time and her advice and really came from a point of view of like an abundance mentality. Like a lot of people would have felt threatened or maybe even not given us the time of day, right? Like you're going to basically come in and do the same thing 80% that I'm doing. She didn't feel that way. She's like, you know what? There are a lot of organizations that could use what we all do. Let's all be successful in helping them. And she gave us such great advice about how to spend the first year of our business. That's great. So next, tell us something that most people don't know about you. Of course, your family, close friends know this, but something that most people don't know, don't know about you. Most people don't know about me that I've fallen off of this the last few years, but I host murder mystery parties. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You do have a lot going on. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you, 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 you get to sleep like two hours a night or something? Wow. No, I love sleep. The, the thing that when people say to me, how do you do it all? I'm like, I don't uh, care about having an immaculate house and I don't home bake cookies. You know, you got to give up something. And for me, sleep is not going to be the one. I'm sure you're probably not, you know, on three softball teams or all the extracurricular activities. No, that's the thing. That's what I also give up to. Besides, with five kids, I'm going and watching everyone else's activities right now anyway. It's a different stage. Yes. So, Sandy, we'll come to the end of our talk. Can you provide us some social media platforms so people are going to reach out to you? Sure. Of course, you can find us on um, LinkedIn, right? Magnet Consulting is there. We're at magnetconsulting.com. Pretty easy to figure out. The Metal Foundry, like I mentioned, that one line of business, that's there. I'm on Twitter personally and as a company. I'm not super active as a person on Twitter, given everything else you said. And of course, Magnet has a Facebook page. Yes. And for our listeners, all these links will be on our show notes. So Sandy, before we end our talk, any last words of advice or wisdom you'd like to pass out to our listeners? You know, I would say... If you're an HR leader or a business leader who has had this nagging thought that something could be better in my workplace, and you're a person who can make a decision to make things better in the workplace, we'd love to chat. We are happy to do 30-minute calls with people just exploring what's going on. Is there a way we can help or is there somewhere else we can point you? I just think people often feel like, of course, you need to be trained to understand engineering, but somehow people think, to understand people, all it's about a gut. Like I talk to people and my gut is right. I think your gut is right for digestion. It's not right for making decisions. That's a great quote. (laughs) Thank you. And so I would say, you know, be willing to say, maybe I should talk to someone who understands the science and the art of dealing with people. And maybe I'll get something out of that. It's amazing how people say, many people say, you know, I'm this position. So everything I do is right. I'm, I'm this position. So I know more about you. 
something you've done for 20 years. Yeah, I've done no. days. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Sandy, thank you very much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. It gives a lot of value. Great. To our listeners, thank you. We really appreciate your time. Remember to be great every day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Catalyst HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit CadmusHR.com or connect to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Catalyst HR or Jason Catalyst HR on Snapchat. Thanks again and be great every day.